G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are recapping week three. Who are the fantasy award winners and who uh, let us down big time? Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Like we said at the beginning, we are recapping week three, talking over all the hot news and the waiver wire pickups, uh, highlighting some of the biggest and best performances, as well as some of the worst and most frustrating performances of the week. Uh, hopefully, all of your performances and all your uh, week three matchups were a successful one. I definitely had a good week myself, but we'll go into that a little bit later. Um just a reminder, guys, that make sure you guys are following me over on Twitter at NBA. A lot of information that I will be dropping over there will be out before, obviously, these podcasts do. They require a little bit less effort uh, than these podcasts. So if you want the most fastest and uh, immediate reactions to any breaking news, check me out on Twitter at BallBoysNBA.com. But... Uh, sorry, at BallBoysNBA on Twitter. Uh, but you can also check out BallBoysNBA.com. If you want your questions answered, we had our first, uh, had our first exclusive Q&A go up on the website. So if you are a member or a subscriber to BallBoysNBA.com, uh, make sure you get your questions in before the end of Thursday's last game, and then they will be guaranteed to be answered on the podcast, and it will be exclusive just for those who are subscribed uh, to this season guide there. Uh, it won't be going up for you onto YouTube or onto uh, podcast platforms for the uh, in-season versions of those podcasts. So make sure you guys um, do that if you are a subscriber. But let's get stuck into it. Uh, Week three, the Fantasy Basketball Awards. Time for the uh, Sweet, Sweet Fantasy Award. And your sweet, sweet fantasy basketball award goes this week to uh, teammate of last week's winner, Kevin Durant. Now, uh, oddly enough, okay, it's a one-week sample size, but last week our fantasy, uh, sweet, sweet fantasy basketball award was Kyrie Irving. And uh, the game after we awarded him that game, he put up an absolute stinker. And then, obviously, all the news broke, and you know how that uh, worked out. On the other side, our fantasy loser of the week was Paul George, and the day after, he put an absolute massive game out and uh, has had a really good fantasy week. So, uh, and has actually been the seventh ranked player this week. So, is this a uh, is this a curse for Kevin Durant? We will see if this uh, starts to pick up some legs. Uh, it will be uh, pretty funny, but I don't, obviously I don't think that that's actually legit. But Kevin Durant, he's been awesome. Four games this week, he's put up thirty-one points per game, nearly two threes, nearly nine rebounds, six and a half assists, half a steal, one point eight blocks, and just amazing efficiency: fifty-two and a half percent from the field and a hundred percent from the line on lots and lots of attempts. So uh, yeah. 
depth. Kevin Durant, not really too much to say. He's obviously going to have to carry a bit more of the offensive load with Kyrie Irving out this week and potentially longer. Still don't really know what's going on there, but um, Kevin Durant, we sort of knew. Uh, I think I had him at four or five on my ranking, so was pretty keen on Kevin Durant this season. The off-season trade stuff was a little bit of a risk, and he has had some injuries in the past before, but he should be pretty locked in as a top five guy uh, with a little bit of risk there at age 34, but I still think that uh, what that line that I just read out there, 31, 9, 6.5 with nearly a couple of blocks on elite efficiency, there's not really even much of a question that he couldn't keep that up for the entire season. Um, it's Kevin Bloody Durant, so I think that, uh, yeah, he is your sweet, sweet fantasy basketball winner of this uh, this week, and it's basically what, you know, I almost expect him to put up something similar for the rest of the year. So congrats if you've got Kevin Durant. He definitely stepped up for you this week. Uh, all right, now moving on to the uh, next award. Uh, we've actually got a, a first time for this award. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Losers, I should say, because this week we've got a uh, we've got a tie. We've got two winners slash losers this week with the uh, first ever uh, two uh, two person award winning week. Um, the two Smiths win this award for the fantasy losers Jabari Smith Jr. and Jalen Smith come in tied as fantasy losers for this week. Both putting up miserable, miserable weeks. Um, they are actually ranked neck and neck with each other. 378th for Jalen Smith and 379th for the week for Jabari Smith Jr. Um, both just horrible, horrible, horrible weeks. Uh, lots of concern for both of them. I am much more concerned for Jalen Smith uh, because of the fact that he is, he obviously doesn't have the high pedigree that Jabari Smith does. He also, I don't know if he's very good. He's He, he played just 18.7 minutes this week, put up 1.5 points in two games. Um, so average one and a half points. Yes, you heard me say that right. Two and a half rebounds, one and a half assists, half a steal, half a block, shooting 14.3% from the field and 50% from the free throw line and had two and a half turnovers. So he had uh, more turnovers than points this week, uh, which basically says all you need to know about um, Jalen Smith's uh, role this week. There is a little bit of panic. I'm holding. I'm holding Jalen Smith this week. I think, and I will mention this later when we're talking about our waiver wire ads and drops. Um, this week is a very weird start to the week. So you've got uh, 15 games on Monday. 15. Every single team is playing on Monday. Then there, no one is playing on Tuesday because of the voting day in the States. And then I think you've got 13 games on the Wednesday. So those three games, you're not going to get any streaming value out of uh, any ads that you do. So what I would recommend is waiting for those couple of games and seeing what happens with the rotations, such as the paces, anyone else that you're considering of dropping but not too sure about. Wait until after Wednesday's game when you've got a little bit more data, a little bit more evidence to uh, support or or change your mind with that decision, and then you can make a better educated decision. But I think for now you hold Jalen Smith. It has only been two really, really rough games. Before that, he was putting up some somewhat decent lines. There was still a little bit of disappointment, but you know it's it's not been all bad this season for him. So before last game, he had a game where he put up eight points and fourteen rebounds. Um, 
yes, the shooting was bad, but he did have 37 and a half, sorry, 33.7 minutes. Um, and then before that, he was averaging close to 28 minutes per night and playing basically as good as we expected him to do. So I wouldn't completely panic just yet. It is worrying because... You know, the minutes essentially, especially with the 11.4 minutes in the last game, and it wasn't foul-related, it wasn't uh, injury-related or anything like that. He just got benched. Um, so that is definitely a concern. Uh, but I would still be uh, holding on for just a little bit longer for Jalen Smith. Now, on to the other uh, Smith, Jabari Smith. Now, I've already been very across this on Twitter. Hold Jabari Smith. In fact, go and buy low on Jabari Smith. A lot of people are panicking. I've had... uh people hating and cursing myself and Josh Lloyd out in comment sections, which I thought was quite funny. Um, uh, you know, saying that this guy's the worst player they've ever seen and he's horrible, he can't do anything, he can't shoot. Look, there are people having very strong opinions on Jabari Smith and um, I'd imagine there's a lot of frustrated uh, Houston Rockets fans when they thought they were going to get Paolo in the draft and he's obviously played really well, Jabari hasn't. But... Use that to your advantage. I think that he is definitely a buy low. The good thing about him is that his minutes are not, they're not down. Um, he obviously has struggled. There's no questioning that, but he's played 28.6 minutes per night. Um, the rebounds are down. The steals are down. Um, he had no steals this week. Um, didn't get to the free throw line at all. Um, but the biggest thing here is just his field goal percentage. Shot 16.7% from the field this week. Was then sick this most recent game, so missed the last game. So again, only two games for Jabari Smith Jr. Um, I am way more optimistic about Jabari Smith than I am for Jalen Smith. Again, I hope when you guys, uh, if you're a subscriber, you read what I spoke about Jabari Smith in the season guide and... uh, understood that we were going to have poor field goal percentage and hopefully he was, you know, on your punt field goal percentage team. If he if you are not in a punt field goal percentage team, it is going to be rougher. It is probably not going to be as rewarding for you and it's going to hurt your field goal percentage. But I still think he's a hold in that situation. Um, I don't think he's going to be shooting 30% for the rest of the season. He will come up to 40%, 42%. And even though that's not good, it's going to be enough to dramatically change his value and increase his points, increase his threes, and increase his effectiveness and allow him to play more minutes on the on the on the games. Okay. So um, don't Obviously, it's not great. It's not been the start that we wanted him to do. And the the biggest concern that I have is the lack of steals. I thought he would be getting more steals than this thus far. But again, we do know that that can fluctuate a fair bit. But I think that that is probably the most concerning thing for me. I thought he'd be closer to getting a steal per game, but he's not been anywhere near that. Um, So to me, that's the most concerning thing. The field goal percentage, I think, will correct itself. He is a great shooter. He's honestly the best shooter from this draft. Um, I still feel very confident in saying that, uh, watching him a lot in college and it's it was pretty obvious to see he's still settling in he's extremely young he's not even 20 years old yet he's still 19 so um, he's going to have his ups and downs rookies do especially early on this Houston Rockets team is bad um, there's not a whole lot of uh, players to take the the pressure off a player like Jabari and um, yeah they're still figuring it out I don't think their coach is very good either I, I do think there's a lot of uh, a lot of blame should be going his way as well. But I think in fantasy purposes, I would be buying low. Sending my second to third worst player, especially if I had a punt field goal percentage, sending my two worst players out, seeing if I can get uh, a panicking Jabari Smith uh, manager out there and get a, a buy low on my hands. So 
Moving on to the last award, the uh, Future Dynasty Star Award, and we've got we've got a new sound drop here, guys. Let's have a look. Hey, okay, so we've got, uh, so let's clap for him. This guy, I'm going pretty deep this time around. The last couple of awards, I don't really have much of a criteria with this one. I just want to talk about some really interesting dynasty prospects that don't maybe normally get uh, the light of day. And today, I'm going to be talking about Charles Bassey. And uh, you might be going, who? Who's Charles Bassey? And fair enough, he hasn't d- done too much in the NBA uh, so far. However, I think that in deep, like 30-team leagues, um, 20-team league, dynasty leagues, you should be aware of Charles Bassey. Um, and even your standard dynasty leagues, at least to have an, on, on a watch list, because I think he is someone that if he ever does get minutes, can really uh, impact uh, fantasy this season. He was on the Philadelphia 76ers, was cut to start this season. Um, I've actually got him in, in the 30 dynasty league that we've done with analysts that started this season, drafted him in that league before a few other guys. He wasn't even my last round pick. Uh, I was quite happy actually when he got cut because I thought, okay, here's an opportunity for another team to come pick him up. And uh, the Spurs came along, signed him to a two-way contract, um, and absolutely uh, happy with that one. The Spurs obviously are not a franchise that, uh, despite how well they've started, uh, they're not going to be competing for anything uh, playoff-related this season. And so I expect in the second half of the season he could have a role on this team. I'm highlighting Charles Bassey this week because he came in in a garbage-time game and played the entire last quarter. And uh, in that time, so he played 12 minutes in that time, if I just find... What he did, uh, Charles Bassey, where are you? I believe he was like a top, uh, I've lost it. Anyway, he's he's been a top. Here you go. Yes, he's a top forty player this this week. Again, it's obviously in a very small sample size of a role, but he is someone that can play uh, really good minutes as a uh, as a center eligible player. He's really good at rebounding and blocking shots. He is someone that. And again, I've been watching him and and following him along in the G League, which has just started up again, and he has just been absolutely lighting it up for the the Austin Spurs. I think that he is someone that you should at least have your eye on. I'll just read out his most recent stats. So in the opening matchup for the Spurs, Austin... uh, Is it the Austin Spurs? Uh, Yeah, the Austin Spurs for the G League team, he put up 33 points, 15 rebounds, 4 blocks and assists in 33 minutes, shooting 15 of 20 from the field. He hit a 3, hit both of his free throws. Um, So someone who just has an excellent, excellent fantasy game. And when you're on a team like the Spurs who are clearly not going anywhere. I think that this is a recipe for someone that could potentially uh, impact Dynasty Leagues uh, in, in future. He's 22 years old. Um, I think he was a second-round pick by the Philadelphia 76ers. I can't remember exactly which year. It might have been a couple of years ago, but he is definitely someone that has the fantasy potential. We've seen it in patches in the past when Embiid's gone down, um, and he has been someone that can bring those defensive stats, rebounds, and field goal percentage. So just wanted to highlight Charles Bassey played really well in limited minutes in his first NBA action on the Spurs and has been dominating the last, the first couple of games in the G League so far. So definitely someone that I think that in deep dynasty leagues, you should be keeping an eye on. So let's go on to uh, the next topic here. Just want to talk about um, some hot topic news. The first thing that we're going to cover today is a couple of injuries. Uh, the first one is 
Cam Johnson. Now, Cam Johnson has gone down with a knee injury. It's been revealed that it's been his meniscus. He's torn his meniscus and is going in for surgery. It has not been confirmed yet whether or not it's going to be a meniscus repair or a meniscus removal slash trim. Um, The two different um, surgeries for this injury dramatically change the uh, return date of this injury. If it's a repair, it's a much longer recovery time. I think it's about five or six months. Uh, sounds about right to me. Versus uh, a trim is more like a, a two-month mark uh, injury would be my best guess. So I think that this definitely changes him. From, I've done as much digging as I possibly can. I, can. I can't find anything completely concrete, but the wording that I'm seeing around the place leans me more towards them doing a repair. It seems to be the way that people go. Um, it's said to be, uh, whilst the, the injury return is longer, it's supposed to be better long-term and cause future or less future issues. So it wouldn't surprise me if they were to opt for that one because he is going into his second contract and all those sort of things, coming off his rookie contract. Um, he's not super young, but youngish that he wants to preserve the rest of his career, uh, which obviously you can definitely understand. And again, just the wording with some of the things that I've seen around uh, from different social medias and um, uh, different platforms makes me feel as though the Suns are preparing to have uh, a long time without Cam Johnson. So... Like I was saying before, with the weird start to the, the week next week, if you don't have anyone immediately that you have to grab, I would be happy just to hold on to Cam Johnson, make sure we have all the information necessary, um, be the most informed as you possibly can, and then if you if it does end up that it is the repair and he's out for five, six months, you can definitely go ahead and drop him. I've actually make, I'm going to be making the drop for him in the FBI Pro 20 League. I'm going to, well, I hope so. Uh, by the time this video comes out, I'll know if I have or not. But I'm going to be hoping to grab Larry Nance Jr. Uh, because I think that he is a must-add player. So I'm making that move because I think that it's more than likely he's going to be out for a long, long time. And I think that if I've got a hot waiver wire pickup like Larry Nance out there, I'm going to make that swap now and not potentially miss out on that. But if you don't have anything like that available in your league, I think that it's fine to hold on and just make sure that he is... Uh, uh, maybe you know, maybe he's not out for the, that long period of time and he's someone that you could stash. If you have IR and there's no one else already sitting in IR, you can then just move him across there and make that add. But in that league, I already had Markel Fultz in that spot and uh, opting to keep him over Cam Johnson because I think he'll be back sooner. Um, the next player here that's injured is Pascal Siakam, who is out for one to two weeks. This obviously is um, significant because of the amount of minutes he was playing. It also has opened up a few opportunities for some guys to add, which we will cover later. Pascal Siakam, Siakam was rolling as well. He's been really, really good this season, especially uh, in points leagues. I know he's doing well. I think he might be a first-round guy currently. Uh, he was a guy that we were drafting in the 20s, and I think that you're going to be pretty happy. So that one sucks. Uh, Rudy Gobert is out in health and safety protocols. Again, though, with the 15-game slate tomorrow or today by the time this podcast comes out, and then the day off, and then the 13 games, I don't really think there's really much of an ad here. I don't think anyone really benefits. The guy that moved into the starting roster spot or the starting lineup uh, was slow-mo, and uh, I, he's he's an okay ad. He's probably more of a streamer, but again, with the weird starts of the week, I don't think it's worth it, and he's probably back the game after that anyway. So I don't really know what the actual protocols are anymore these days. I think that they're a bit shorter than they were, obviously, before when it all kicked off. So I don't think he's going to miss too much time. 
but it obviously does uh, boost the value of like a Carl Anthony Towns and a slow-mo for a little while, but I uh, shouldn't obviously uh, linger too long. And then a couple of guys have returned. So Terry Rozier is back and playing uh, full minutes, which is excellent to see. Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson are both back for the Spurs. Um, Vassell's been coming off the bench, but putting up some great games and, and minutes are, are ramping back up. The other team that's getting a lot of players back is the New Orleans Pelicans. So um, you're getting players like Brandon Ingram back, Herb Jones returned, Zion's obviously returned. Uh, and it's hurting the players like Jonas Valanciunas Jonas Valanciunas, I should say, and Trey Murphy, who are trending uh, the wrong way. Now, obviously, neither of them... I don't think either of them are drops. Um, I think that you hold Trey for a little while longer if you can. Uh, Again, you can sit him on your bench on those heavy volume days and just sort of get more information to see where his minutes are. Uh, But Jonas Jonas Valanciunas, someone that I was worried about. We talked about him, uh, I think, a week ago when we were talking about the players that I was worried about podcast. Hopefully, you were able to sell high on him um, if not, probably not going to be able to do that now. Hopefully you can get a, a bit of a run where he puts up some decent stats and then maybe look to trade him. But I am very worried about his minutes. Uh, and as I mentioned before, Larry Nance Jr. I think is training to a must-add player. So I think that is that. Let's go on to, yes, yeah, talk, talking about must-add players. We've got three guys here that I believe are must-add players. The first guy, and again, they're probably owned in, in a lot of competitive leagues, but just in case, I'm covering my bases. DeAnthony Melton, must-add player. Played a shocking game and still put up a great stat line. So absolutely go out and add him uh, if he is for some reason, on your waiver wire. Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, Robinson's out with an injury. He is going to be starting, playing big minutes. Must roster player. And I do also think that Larry Nance Jr. is a must roster player, at least for now. See what happens. He's a guy that doesn't need, again, big, big minutes. He can put up fantasy value in uh, sort of 22 to 25 minutes per night. Great at steals. A good assist guy for a center. Good field goal percentage. Solid rebounder. He can maybe get you close to a block as well. Um, not going to give you the threes and free throw percentage, but it's not going to be huge uh, volume that's going to hurt your free throw percentage too much. Um, so I think that Larry Nance is someone that I think is an ad in pretty much all leagues. He... He's not going to be for every build, so if your team's really good and he doesn't give you exactly what you need, I can understand maybe leaving him. But I think for most, in every league, there should be at least one team that needs a player that like a, a Larry Nance Jr. It might not have to be your team, but I think I'm still labeling him a must-add player. His minutes are trending up. He is literally just playing over Valanciunas. He's finishing the games with them. Um, his minutes aren't being... It's, it's not an Ingram thing. He is literally just playing backup center, and they just prefer playing him more more minutes than Jonas Valanciunas. It might not keep up, but it's a trend that I am not letting. I'm not going to let him sit on the waiver wire to find out. I want to snatch him up, make that decision later, and if it if it goes the wrong way and it ends up not being really worth it, then I can I can drop him. But if it does end up that he gets 28 minutes per night and Jonas Valanciunas is getting 20 minutes per night, well then. I think that, uh, yeah, he's going to be a player that can easily be a top 80 guy. So I want to take that risk and take the flyer on him now. And uh, if it doesn't work out, I'll drop him later. But I think for now, you've got to add him. The maybe ads slash the watch list players. So this is like a, 
if it fits what you're looking for, if you've got a deeper league team or you've got some guys that you want to cut that aren't really doing much for you, these guys are potentially ads for you. Uh, I'm going to swallow a bit of my pride here and say that Colin Sexton is an, an ad if you are looking for points uh, and maybe free throw percentage and uh, probably not some threes. He's probably not the best three-point scorer, but definitely he can score and put up some good free throws. So I think Colin Sexton, it looks like his minutes are trending up. I still don't think he's a good fantasy player on, on the whole, but he will... Uh, it is encouraging that his minutes are starting to trend up and he's not exclusively playing as a backup point guard, which he was at the start of the season. Um, in saying that, though, in the last week, he's still only the 115th ranked player in 28 minutes per night, scoring 18 points, two threes. But again, it's the, it's the low-volume counting stats. It's the three rebounds, two assists, uh, no blocks at all. Um, he's even shooting efficiently from the field, but it's just there's just not a lot else there um, that he's giving you. So um, playing 28 minutes per night outside the top 100, that's why I was sort of saying I was not willing to hold on to him. But now that he is playing those high minutes, obviously that is a rosterable player. And if you need those points, if you need the good free throw percentage, then obviously he is someone you do go and add. So definitely okay with going and adding him now. The, the big guys in Toronto, Chris Boucher and Christian Coloco. Now, I don't necessarily think that they are must-roster players. Uh, I think there's going to be some ups and downs with this roster. I think if I had to choose between the two, I would go with Chris Boucher just because I know what he can give me in a limited minutes role. But Coloco in the last game, today's game, went the day I'm recording this, he played 30-plus minutes per uh, in that night. Um, hadn't done that before, but it's definitely something that we can watch. So like I said before, if you've got something you can cut bait with and there's not a whole lot of upside in the back of your roster, I would be adding one or both of these players, watching them, putting them on my bench more than likely, and um, just seeing how it plays out in, in these next couple of games and seeing uh, who gets the minutes and, and see if you can have them. for Again, the short-term value when Pascal Siakam does come back, and he's not out for too long, the value is going to go away. So um, it, it's not... You, you don't drop anything of super high level of value, which is why they're not in the must-add list, but they can have a stretch here where they can put up potentially top 100 numbers. So I think that they are pretty good. I would prioritize Boucher just, um, and Coloco is someone that, again, pretty close. I I, I could be persuaded either way. Uh, I think I've got a waiver claim for Coloco in one of my leagues, but I don't think I'm spending too much fab money on him. Maybe... I think I put in $5 or something like that, but uh, more so just as a speculative wait and see. But again, it's it's a short-term uh, ad because Pascal won't be away too long. Cam Thomas is a maybe ad guy. I don't think he's a must-add player. Uh, I know that people get very excited about the points that he puts up and uh, you know the free throw percentage and the threes. Look, it's all it's all good, but it, it's it's a very Colin Sexton-esque. You know, it's it's the kind of player that I don't love in fantasy basketball. Um, the very empty scoring lines, the Jordan Clarkson kind of lines. And when you're on a team with Kevin Durant and maybe Kyrie Irving, uh, I don't know what's going on with him, but you're not the guy that they're looking to score the ball. They want the ball in Kevin Durant's hands, understandably so. But undeniably, he's he's been putting up uh, good points 
Uh, in the last week, he's the 101st ranked player, scoring 12.7 points, uh, a three. He's putting up 3.3 assists, which is encouraging for him, but I don't know if I believe it continuing. And then 93% from the free throw line on nearly five attempts, which is really, really good. I just don't think that that's necessarily sustainable. It's it's on the back of two really, really big games. Um Look, he's an ad. Again, you can add him, see how it works over these next couple of games. He might be a drop really quickly. Again, we have no idea what's going on with Kyrie Irving. If he is back, his his value is pretty much kaput. But it is someone that I wouldn't mind taking a speculative ad. I'm just not getting my hopes up too much. And I don't think I'm going to be labeling him a must-add player. But he definitely is someone that if you need what he brings, uh, you could do a whole lot worse. Um, next couple of guys, I'll go through them a little bit quicker. Uh, Grant Williams, I think, is someone, again, we've seen him on this list a couple of times. He's playing well. He's doing just enough to stay relevant. He's not really great in any one area, but you know, good, decent up threes, rebounds, uh, the steals. I think should come along as well. Blocks. He's efficient. Um, so you know, pretty pretty solid there, and might be just a good depth piece if you if you've got a few injuries and things like that on your team. And then uh, Malik Monk. Malik Monk is someone that we all thought that it was going to be Davion Mitchell. I mean, I never really thought it was going to be Davion Mitchell. I'm not a big fan. Long term <laughs> listeners would know that. But uh, Malik Monk played a couple of good games recently. A uh, 19 put effort against Miami and then the last game 15 points against Orlando Um, the assists are really really encouraging I don't know how much we can see that but he has put up a few nights where he's put up seven eight assists so maybe it's something he's worked on in the offseason it's something he can add to his game maybe he's playing a bit more of a playmaking role with Fox um, unavailable I don't know how long Fox is out for. It might not be very long. You might not even use him. So again, he's in that maybe ads, and you can just sort of see how that works out over these next few games and the start of this weird week. Uh, so, But I think I, I would almost be prioritizing Malik Monk over someone like a Cam Thomas personally, but um, I think they do provide something quite similar in, in, in a ways. Um, so I think that those are my ads. Now onto the droppable players. A couple players that we've added the last few weeks, I think you can move on from. Jalen Williams, I think you can uh, you can go ahead and drop him. He's got high upside, but I think that the rotations in, in OKC are just all over the place. So I don't you can really trust him, um, especially that front court. Poku's coming in and out. He's starting. He's off the bench. Don't really know what's going on there. He might have value later, so keep him on your watch list. But for now, I think you can go ahead and drop him. Uh, the, the Suns front court guys, Jock Landau, Bismack Biombo. You can go ahead and drop those guys now that DeAndre Ayton is back. Um, Funny enough, Biombo's gone straight back to playing no minutes uh, at all. So I think that, yeah, you can go ahead and drop him. Uh, Landau, obviously, still playing his backup role. So in deeper leagues, you can hang on. But he hasn't really changed all that much, to be honest. But it's not something that we need to hang on to. And I think uh, Caleb Martin is someone that we can drop. I've had him in a couple of leagues. Disappointed with his output so far, although... We weren't expecting high upside things, but his minutes maybe haven't been as high as I would have hoped to. He's sort of hanging around that mid-20s in minutes. I was hoping he could crack sort of like low 30s, high 20s in minutes, but it just hasn't really worked out that way so far in Miami. And I think that his upside and his per-minute value is not its not there really if uh, for you to hang on and, and sort of wait it out in a team like this. So... He did have that one really good game where he put up, you know, four steals and and hit a couple of threes, grabbed a bunch of rebounds. You might see those games come and go every once in a while, but I really don't think it's it's enough to really hold through all this crap 
garbage sort of stuff at the moment. So he is someone that I'd be fine to drop. Uh, I think Karis Levert is is trending towards a drop as well. He's not obviously an automatic drop if there's nothing of real value, but with uh, Darius Garland back, his assists have fallen away. He's always been someone that's been very troublesome for your percentages and field goal and free throws. He turns the ball over a lot. He doesn't hit a lot of threes. His steals and blocks are also low, so I think that he is someone that you can drop uh, if there's something hot out there on the waiver wire, and I think that he will quickly be falling down the rankings as uh, he's playing more time with those guards. And then, obviously, Dennis Smith Jr. with Terry Rozier back. He also picked up an ankle injury, so he's questionable moving into Monday. He was really, really good as a stream while those guys are out. I think Lamelo Ball is coming back soon as well, so I think that you can go ahead and drop Dennis Smith Jr. If you, if you don't have anything really on the waiver wire, you can hold him and sort of see if you can get a little bit more value out of him. That's fine. But I think if there is someone like a Larry Nance Jr. out on your waiver wire, I'd be absolutely fine dropping him and going and grab Larry Nance Jr. because I think when those two guards are back, he's not going to be getting enough minutes to, uh, to be worthwhile on your fantasy team. Um, last little section that we're going to do here for the weekly recap. Just some guys that I'm willing to hold. Again, as we look ahead into this next week, really weird schedule. Um, this is not an extensive list. So if you have any questions and you're listening over on YouTube, drop it in the comments. Anyone you're not sure whether or not to hold or not, or if you can move on or stream the position. But these guys here are some names that I see a lot of people getting a bit worried about dropping that I think... I would be just holding on, seeing a little bit more before we make the decisions, especially with that weird schedule with a 15-game Monday, no games Tuesday, 13 games Wednesday. You're not going to use any of the players that you're adding off the waiver wire in those first three games, so you might as well just get more information and make sure that you're not going to do something silly. Uh, make sure that there's not an injury that puts one of these guys into a bigger role that you, uh, you might regret dropping later. So uh, these guys here... Trey Murphy, I'm not dropping yet in most of my leagues. I think that he he played one game where he played, I think, 27 minutes. The next game he played 18. So which one is more real? We're not too sure. I still think he's got high enough upside to hold in most situations. Anyeka Kongu, I'm still holding him. It's it's getting rough. It's it's harder and harder to hold. And, and the closer we get to sort of you know a month into the season, this is where I sort of start to go, okay, if it's not happening now, where is my team at? Can I afford to hold a player like this any longer? Is it something that's helping my team or is it really hurting my team? That's a very individual kind of decision you have to make. But for now, especially these couple of games, you know, if you drop him and say tomorrow, Clint Capella goes and injures himself and you didn't even use the guy that you're going to add him for, you'd be absolutely kicking yourself. So hold him for these next few days and then after Wednesday's games, you can then make the decision if you're really sick of a player like uh, Okongwu. Herb Jones obviously had that really big game last game, so that's obviously, if you have him, you're probably not thinking of dropping him, but before that game, a lot of people were thinking about dropping him. Uh, he's still, I wouldn't say he's as high upside as a lot of these other guys, but he has his role and he has high upside in what you're using him for. So that's the steals and the blocks. We finally saw those steals start to come. Um, he wasn't going to average zero steals on the year. So uh, it's good to see him doing that. These next two, next three guys, I actually all really like all of them. Bones Highland 
Emmanuel quickly and Jalen Suggs. Uh, Suggs is probably the safest and the most guaranteed role of these guys, so I'd prioritize him above all of them. But Bones Highland and Emmanuel quickly are guys that I do really like. I think they both have really good permanent upside. It's the minutes that are hard to come by. The rotations on both of their squads are a bit wacky. Uh, Emmanuel quickly was rumored to be starting, but then Quickton Grimes came back in and he started. Um, quickly still gets his minutes dramatically changed night to night, but. He still sometimes randomly puts up a 16-rebound game or dishes out eight assists or something like that. So he is someone that I'm just, again, with this start of the week, I just want to hold just for a little bit longer, but he's getting close to making that decision whether or not you can anymore. But if I've got him on my team... I might as well just hold on to him and see what happens. And the same with Bones Highland. He had that awesome game last game out, coming back from that hip injury. He's someone that we were drafting, and usually in, I was saying to draft him inside the, around 120. Um, so, you know, your 10th round, 11th round, I was pretty happy to be taking a Bones Highland. Um, I still think he's got really, really good upside. I still think he's one of the better players on the Nuggets. And um, I think that he can push into a higher minute roll as the season goes along. It's just about how patient can you be. So again, if you have him on your team, I would personally be holding him just for a little bit longer after these next few games and seeing if, uh, outside of a couple games, he's actually put up pretty good lines, even in those limited minutes. So he's not hurting you too too much. Let me just have a quick look at his uh, his box scores recently because I, I do remember looking at it and going, that's, that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good box score. So yeah, he scored more than 10 points, uh, in one, two, three, four, five out of his games, only two games in the season so far has he put up actually like a real dud. Um, and obviously one of them was a one-point effort against OKC. That was horrible in 14 minutes. But, you know, he's had some really big gems in there, like a 26-point game with seven threes. Uh, the last game was the big one, 24.6 threes, five rebounds, seven assists, two steals elite efficiency from the field. Like, you can't get that from the waiver wire. You, you can't get a player like that off your waiver wire. So, um, for me, he's got that upside that I'm willing to hold on to just for a little bit longer uh, and sort of see how it happens. And like you said, yeah, we only need him in mid-20s in minutes. And the last two games, 24 minutes. Game uh, Last game, 25 minutes. That's where we want him to be. If he can stay there, it's enough hope for me to hold on to him for a little bit longer. That will, uh, that will do it for us today, guys. Make sure, again, if you are on YouTube, give this video a big thumbs up. Make sure you guys are subscribed. If you are watching along for whatever reason and you're not subscribed, first of all, welcome. And uh, second of all, what are you doing? Uh, lots of fantasy basketball content coming out. Uh, we're going to have more uh, sleepers, so not sleepers, uh, buy lows and sell highs coming this week. And also, we're going to just check in on uh, all of our preseason thoughts, and it's a it's a Getting close to a month into the season now, so we're going to just check, you know, our sleepers in our bus and and which ones were we right on, which ones were we wrong on so far, and what do we have, have we changed our minds on any of those guys as well? So that podcast will be coming later this week, and of course our exclusive Q and A for those of you who have signed up to BallboysNBA.com. Get your questions in by the end of the Thursday night games, and I will catch you guys next time. Later's. <laughs>